0: Going on? Not much, right? Welcome to the program, Pete Calliner here, News Talk 1110 993 WBT. The phone numbers, as always, 704 570 1110 800 wbt 1110 Email Pete at the Pete Callender Show. That's Calliner with a K. Um, so what would we uh, what were we talking about just the other day? I did like an hour, I think, talking about. Uh, various components of a general topic, which was purpose. Purpose for particularly young men. So much of, I think, the problem that we are seeing in society with uh, violence, specifically gun deaths of all kinds, all kind of weave their way back to young men and, and boys not having purpose, training boys up to become men, men who are there to protect those who cannot protect themselves. And that, that doesn't mean all men, hashtag not all men. Right? I, I'm not saying all men have to be able to do this or else you're not a man. I'm not making that argument. But the inverse argument has been made. And the inverse argument is the toxic masculinity argument. Now, I'm not saying that you uh, uh, you want to make men into these abusive trolls. No, absolutely not. But on D Day, I made the connection that these were men who were raised up right in a in a time where. They were called to defend those who could not defend themselves. And that's what, you know, in a lot of circles, would be deemed toxic masculinity. And this lack of purpose manifests itself in all sorts of ways. I would submit predominantly for people who don't act violently and the vast majority of people do not act violently. But for those folks, how does it manifest for these men, these boys? How does this manifest when they lack purpose? What does that actually mean? It means there's no point to life. There's, there's, there's no reason to live. And that's a really depressing thought, right? What is all of this for? Why are you here? What is your station? I mentioned also the other day about the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and the too-long-didn't-read uh, headline here is that men and women are different. Men tend to define themselves by the hats that they wear. In other words, the professions they hold, the things that they do, right? That is a defining thing for most men. Hashtag not all men, but for a lot of men, for most men, that's, it's how we're kind of wired. It's not a social construct. It's been around for a very, very, very long time. Stuff like that. I mean, you've heard, I'm sure by now studies that have, uh, said that trauma imprints itself into people's DNA and then they actually hand that trauma down to their offspring? Why wouldn't it be the same for those uh, same types of roles, right? So men define themselves, generally speaking, by the hats they wear, and women define themselves, generally speaking, by their relationships, by who they are and who they're surrounded with, who is in their orbit, of friends and family, their children, their mother, their grandparents, whatever, all these different relationships. And again, neither one of these is better or worse than the other. I feel like, I, I feel like sometimes I have to speak. like I'm, like I'm on the defense here, because I, I've seen so many of the way, uh, so many ways that these statements get twisted. They're not better. they're just different. right? No, th- there's, not a, there's not a better, there's not a good and bad. They're just different. People are different. Diversity is good, I thought, right? So you have different uh, ways of, of interpreting things and defining oneself and all that. Lack of purpose for men manifests itself dangerously in those who, you know, may be already sort of uh, predisposed towards that or may not have a fear. See, that's the other thing. There are guys that don't have fear of danger, And when you direct that kind of person in productive ways for society, they become firemen, right? They become soldiers. They become police officers. They take risks in order to save other people's lives. They will lay down their own lives for others. If they're not going that route and they're not given purpose, then what do they do? They're told life has no meaning. They don't have any kind of role in society at all. I went over the the stats on college, kids going into college, and the uh, the failure of schools to teach boys and girls at, at a, dare I say it, an equitable rate. All of that is to say, lo and behold... We have an affidavit that came from the would-be assassin, the California man that went to Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's house, took a cab, arrived at about 1 a.m., dressed in black, immediately was noticed by two U.S. deputy marshals who were guarding the property. The would-be assassin then walked away, but then he later called 911 and gave them his name, said he had come from California to kill a specific Supreme Court justice. Police were dispatched to Brett Kavanaugh's home, and when they arrived, they found the man still on the phone. He had a backpack on him, which was full of tools that could be used for break-in and weapons. The affidavit that he gave to police, he said, in that affidavit, he said, He was upset about the leak of the Supreme Court opinion related to abortion rights, as well as uh, an upcoming gun control case in front of the Supreme Court, as well as the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. He indicated that he believed the justice, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, that he intended to kill. He believed Kavanaugh would side with Second Amendment decisions that would loosen gun control laws. He also stated that he began thinking about how to give his life a purpose and decided he would kill the Supreme Court justice after breaking into his home. And he planned to kill himself as well. That's from the affidavit from the would-be assassin himself. He was trying to figure out how to give his life purpose. And so he thought this is the way to do it. To die for some cause greater than himself. Oh, and then he planned to kill himself, which, what did we say last week? If you start looking at these mass shootings as murder-suicides, they start looking a little different. <music> News Talk 11 Ninety Nine Three wbt I was just uh, chatting with... My colleague, Ramona, in the hallway there about the upcoming family dance party benefiting the Alzheimer's Association. I am actually going to be one of the judges. I hear you laughing. See, the problem here is it can go either one of two ways for me. One is because I'm not a great dancer, I will mark everybody poorly, right? Because I don't know what constitutes good versus bad dancing, right? That's one one way this could go. The other way it could go is that because I recognize I have the self-awareness that I'm not a good dancer, uh, I just mark everybody as, you know, 10 out of 10. Because to me, they're fantastic. So It's kind of a feast or famine approach, I think I've got to choose between. It's on uh, Saturday from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. at Symphony Park in Charlotte. Uh, and so you can go to mix1079.com and sign up if you want to participate. If you would like to uh no, I do not take bribes often. Um, no, <laughs> I don't even know what. Why would you bribe? Why would you bribe a judge in a family dance contest for Alzheimer's? For so there's going to be a bunch of things for kids to do as well, um, and some uh, some tips and and helpful uh, strategies and stuff for uh, people who are you know primary caregivers. Uh, this is uh, it was my, my granddad had Alzheimer's, and this was gosh, I don't know. Forty years ago, 35 years ago, not a lot was known about it. I remember doctors not even really wanting to call it that because it meant a lot of paperwork that they would have to fill out. And um, And so and Ramona's mom, Weezy, who was one of her co-stars on her uh, program over there on 1079 FM, uh, she just recently passed away, and she had Alzheimer's as well. So uh, if you are looking for a good cause to support and something to do on Saturday, the family dance party at Symphony Park in Charlotte from 1 until 5 p.m. All right, so going over the, uh, some of the details here, just uh, uh, the, uh, this would-be assassin who shows up at uh, Brett Kavanaugh's house. And I was struck by one of the things that this guy said, and I'm not naming him, one of the things the guy said to law enforcement when he called, and he called on himself. So he obviously recognized that what he was doing was wrong, right? And so he he calls 911 and he says, I'm doing this thing and I'm having suicidal thoughts. I wonder, was he on any kind of medication? Now look, I'm not saying, hashtag not all people on meds. What I'm saying though is that there are there are side effects that are listed on the bottle, right? And in the commercials, we all hear them and most times we make jokes about this, you know, the list of the side effects are longer than the, <laughs> than the commercial content, right? We, we hear those spots. We, we know this is true. But I, I do wonder, is there, is there a missing component in all of this? Now, is it, you know, person is having trouble so they get on the meds or is it the meds that create more trouble? I don't know the answer to that. I think it's worth examining. The CNN story on this and the part that I keyed on was that the man lacked a purpose. And if you lack purpose, you lack a reason for living. And if you start, you know, down that path, it's very easy to see everybody through that lens. And if you're looking at everybody through that lens, what are you, what are you doing? But right, you're dismissing their humanity. And what makes a person a person? And the soul. You know, we are God's creations. We are all brothers and sisters in the human race. And if you lack any kind of mooring and your message that you get from the society is that there really isn't a purpose for you. And when you're a young boy here, you're a little bit too rambunctious in class. Here are some pills. Stop horsing around. Stop doing this. No, no. Right? You got to direct We have to direct the males in our society towards societal good benefits, right? The CNN story, John Sexton writing at hotair.com, highly recommend the website. Uh, CNN story leaves out an important part from the affidavit that uh, this guy stated that he began thinking about how to give his life a purpose and decided that he would kill the Supreme Court justice after finding Kavanaugh's Montgomery County address. On the internet, now I suppose it's possible somebody else had posted it, but it seems most likely that this is a reference to the organization Ruth sent us. <music> News Talk 1110 Ninety Nine Three WBT. It is the Pete Callender Show. I think I'm the only one. I'm the only one with a show. I think. That's pretty certain. I've Never had anybody competing with me for the podcast downloads and such. Um, the guy who went to Justice Kavanaugh's house with the zip ties and the burglary tools and the gun and uh, said he was going to kill the justice because he was so angry about uh, the Roe v. Wade case, which is the Dobbs case, that the Supreme Court is uh, uh, deliberating and the, the, the leaked opinion came out. There was that and it, protests continued. The protests continue. Um, he said he did call the cops on himself and he said that he was thinking about how to give his life a purpose and decided he would kill the justice after breaking into his home, and then he planned to kill himself as well. Now, I don't know if he was planning on killing Kavanaugh's entire family. It's possible. Who knows what a madman might do, right? Um, CNN leaves out the second half of the affidavit statement, however, where it says, quote, well, it says the assassin, they name him, I don't, quote, stated that he began thinking about how to give his life purpose and decided he would kill the Supreme Court justice after finding the justice's Montgomery County address on the Internet. End quote. That's from the affidavit. CNN chopped off the second half of the sentence where it told us how the guy found out where Kavanaugh lives. He found it on the internet. Okay, and John Sexton, writing at hotair.com, says, I suppose it's possible somebody else posted it, but it's also likely that it's a reference to the organization Ruth sent us. That is the group which posted a map with addresses of six of the justices. They did this last month. Ruth sent us, claimed at the time, that they did not provide complete addresses, but that was a gimmick a.k.a. a lie, designed to give them plausible deniability because, in fact, they had posted TikTok videos which identified each house. In several cases, they made sure that the number of the house was visible in the videos. They've also been tweeting out messages calling for the punishment of just one corrupt theocrat on the court. Ruth sent us, then sent a self-described, quote, special message to Kavanaugh, his wife, and their daughters on the same day, yesterday. Right, the group named for the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which just, let's just fathom the outrage if a right winger had showed up like this at Sonia Sotomayor's house or Katanji Brown Jackson or any of the other leftist Elena uh, Kagan right or or any of the other liberal supreme court justices could you imagine they would be calling for more gun control gun control harder right so the group shared several tweets after the report circulated about the guy who got arrested now maybe they had set it up as like an auto schedule kind of a thing, but it doesn't seem likely cuz they referenced the would-be assassin. Here's what they tweeted, quote, "We offer our thoughts and prayers." You know what that's about, right? That's all that, that's the leftist narrative talking point where it's uh, thoughts and prayers aren't enough. We literally had the other day in Congress, Progressives that stood up or refused to participate in the moment of silence for the victims. Why? Because thoughts and prayers don't matter. In other words, they don't have a purpose. Is that what you're saying? By the way, just as a sidebar, I've been watching a lot of city council and county commission meetings recently, and the county commission opens all of their meetings with a prayer. And I'm not sure I've actually seen a prayer to Jesus or God. And I've been watching the meetings for a while now. I just noticed it the other night. After like two or three in a row, and they're they're just like reading poems and citing like these really esoteric uh, spiritual people from hundreds of years ago on other continents and whatever, like just to be inclusive and all. I'm just wondering at some point, does the inclusivity include the Christian prayer? Anyway, I, but I have been monitoring it. Maybe we'll see. At the next meeting, they'll do actually a a Christian prayer. We'll see. Um, But uh, the group sent out a tweet that said, We offer our thoughts and prayers to Brett and Ashley Kavanaugh after a California man arrived by taxi near their home armed with a gun and knife, then called the police on himself to confess his murderous rage against the abusive alcoholic justice. We didn't send him. No, we just gave him the address. And filled him with the murderous rage, right? That's how this works. That's your standard, guys. That's your standard on the left. You guys are employing it as we speak. You're employing that standard against Mark Robinson. If Mark Robinson is the reason why anybody could be rallied to commit violence because of what he said uh, at the speech a couple of weeks ago where he said uh, uh, that the second at the NRA event where he said the purpose of the Second Amendment is... To protect the people against a government that gets too big for its britches. And that is... I, I'm sorry if this offends the people who need cry closets and safe spaces, but that is what it was put in there for. And if you don't like it, take it out. If you don't like it, run an amendment and take it out. Oh, but P, we can't do that. Okay, well then, this is what democracy looks like. These are the rules. And if you don't want to play by the rules... Okay, okay, but I'm not either then. And you don't get to tell me which rules we play by, right? If you're not going to play by any rules, you don't get to pick which ones still apply. That's kind of how this works. That's the circling of the drain, folks. And there are a lot of people that are really, really, really interested in seeing that happen. I'm not one of them. There are people on the right that are interested in seeing it happen, too. I'm not one of them. Because I'm kind of a conservative like that. I want to protect the things that are the status quo that are working. And you want to implement reforms for the things that don't work. And so if you believe the Second Amendment needs to be repealed. Then for the love of me, run an amendment to repeal it. And then do the hard work of convincing people why you need to repeal it. But this organization, again, just. Let's play the game. What if a Republican had done this? What if a conservative organization had sent this message to people who had just had an assassin show up at their house and had likely given them the coordinates of the location where the victim could be found? They then send a follow up tweet that says a special message for Ashley Kavanaugh and your daughter. This billboard was on your school grounds. We feel for you. Leader McConnell and the GOP aren't worried for your safety. They worry only for the expensive Supreme Court they rigged and their own power. It included a photo of a poster advertising a crisis pregnancy center, which, oh, by the way, there's now been, what, three or four of them firebombed because, you know, women's health and all women's health dictates that you blow up the women's health clinics to the left. Be very careful the rules you are writing, lest we all start playing by them. All right, I do have some audio here on the uh, the gun control issue. I thought I just got this, though, from Eric. Thank you. Um, I had not seen this. June 4th to to story at NBC New York, a gunman suspected of fatally shooting a retired county judge at a Wisconsin home had a list that included Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, and Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers. Uh, to, 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 there's a guy, I'm not going to give his name, he's been charged, suspected of killing, uh, or he's not been charged, is suspected of uh, killing retired Juneau County Judge John Raymer. At his house on Friday, uh, last Friday, the uh, Wisconsin Department of Justice said in a press release, he was found in the basement of the home with a self-inflicted gunshot wound following attempts by police to negotiate with him. He is hospitalized in critical condition. So uh, this, isn't, this isn't the only thing and, and or the only incident of its kind. And for the people who were so, so outraged about Mark Robinson talking about the historical roots of the second amendment. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's talking about the tyrannical government. And that's why we have guns, but that is why we have the guns. So here, so here's the question. then. And and look, I get this. I mentioned this the other day too, which is it's difficult to call out your own. I understand that. And that's what this guy who called into the program a couple of days back, his name is Tyler. Do you remember him called in uh, on the gun issue? And, uh, uh, and so this is one—and and he apparently went to church with Dan Bishop, and so he's just been constantly just, you know, just beating up on Dan Bishop on his Twitter account. That's almost, like, exclusively what he, what he does. Um, but he came out—because I've got a Dan Bishop audio clip here. Well, here, I'll just go ahead and play it. This is what Dan Bishop— said the other day on the floor of the house.
1: You've been doing gun control since 1968, has it worked to your satisfaction? The lady from Pennsylvania said earlier, the general lady from Pennsylvania said, the country is sick, but she's misdiagnosed the problem. They say it's the guns, but Madam Speaker, guns have been prevalent in the United States of America since before our founding. We did not suffer the mass shootings. We did not suffer the, the chaos in the cities like she described. Why do we have this now? Chesterton, a British gentleman, came closest. He said, the disintegration of rational society started in the drift from the hearth and the family. The solution must be a drift back. Everybody knows it's true. If there's a sickness in the country, it is the product of 60 years of disintegration of American culture by the liberal project. Assaults on the family, hostility to God, cheapening life, pervasive expansion of the welfare state, ridicule for individual and parental responsibility, Soros DAs ending punishment for crime, delegitimizing, defunding and abolishing police, behold your handiwork, Stripping Americans of constitutional rights won't cure what ails us. Not the Second Amendment, not the First Amendment to which you're hostile, not the Fourth Amendment, not the Fifth Amendment. Join us to solve the problems you've caused. We can find answers together.
0: All right. That was his speech. And that obviously tripped the trigger for Tyler. uh, No pun intended. Who called him a hypocrite? He said Dan argues that there's no danger to the overheated Second Amendment rhetoric that citizens need guns to ward off a tyrannical government. Uh, Again, Tyler, I don't know if he's listening, but if he is, that is what the Second Amendment is for. And that's completely proper, by the way. And if you don't like it, you can run an amendment to repeal it. That was June 4th, Tyler says. The next day, Dan is silent about the targeted killing of that judge up in Wisconsin, which... I wasn't aware that that had occurred either. I just got the message from uh, one of my Twitter followers, Eric, who gave me the link. And he was like, I feel like this story is getting swept under the rug up there, which I don't know if it's swept under the rug, but there's definitely not a lot of attention being paid to it. But the hit list included Mitch McConnell. So I'm not really sure. Is it just possible that Dan didn't hear about the story? Right. Because it was a bipartisan hit list. But Dan is silent about that. But now Dan is, quote, concerned over Kavanaugh. Well, yeah, that one made a little bit of news. And, like, it's today, and it's also, like, right up there next to D.C. Don't you think, like, there's a little bit more connection there as to what... But see, this is the the gaslighting, the dishonesty that you are met with when trying to debate serious issues. And what dan bishop laid out there was a whole range of potential ideas and i actually had was a former uh uh republican uh i think chairman maybe uh, in in mecklenburg county here curtis watkins he's a i don't know if he's still a republican or not I, I think he might not be any longer um but you know he said oh well what's he proposing or is he just you know getting up there and making speeches Well, He actually did he identified several things in that list right like one of them would be Tougher penalties because he he highlighted the George Soros funded DAs that have been you know not prosecuting crime. That that would be a solution that he offered up. Like let's let's not do that. Let's do something else. And I I can assume some of these policy prescriptions that Bishop would offer. But then he says, "Oh, now he's saying that he's only concerned um, about the safety of judges on his side." Or he suddenly realized that ideas do in fact have consequences. No, see, if if you wanna blame people, then you gotta blame your own side too, Tyler, but he didn't do that with the Ruth sent us crowd. <laughs>